You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendale. A lot of great stuff to get into on today's show. I mean, it was a fantastic recruiting day for the Buckeyes yesterday. And then we're going to finish the show talking about the spring game, which is just three days away, what to expect, uh, what we're going to be looking forward to the most, what we're going to see from this Jim Knowles defense. Is he not going to want to put too much on film for the opponents, or is he going to look at it like, listen, we're putting in a new defense. This is the 15th practice. You know, we're going to be so unpredictable. We don't care if we put some stuff on film. Um, let's start with recruiting. I mean, we'll start with Mark Fletcher, uh, very great get for Ohio State yesterday. Four star running back Mark Fletcher in the 2023 class backs, a young man out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, American Heritage High School. <laughs> High School Ohio State has recruited well. Um, he is ranked as the number seven running back in the country, number 187 overall. Now, Ohio State now has the number six class in the nation for 2023. It's still early. They only have seven prospects in the class, number six class in the nation. Your thoughts on the Buckeyes landing, Mark Fletcher? Well, I like anytime I see somebody who's nationally top 10 in their position. How's that sound? Anytime you have a guy who's a top 10 national player at their position, I feel pretty good about the choice. And you know, with the running backs, it's interesting because there have been some years where it's like the number one running back turns out to be a total bust. And then you have guys like, you know, I think Zeke Elliott's final ranking was sixth in the country in his recruiting class at running back. So when OSU goes down to a place like Florida, snags a top 10 player at a, at a, at a very important position like this, it's a, it's a win. And you can't say anything else other than that is that it's a great win. And by the way, Billy Napier down there, uh, who just got the Florida job, the Gators' new head coach is a I think the reason he got the job was because he could recruit. You look what he did at the Ray John K. Johns. It's like night and day in terms of what they've historically been able to do in recruiting. So when you're going down there and taking a top 10 running back nationally out from under his nose, I think he's like 170th overall prospect. That's a great pickup for OSU. And I know we've been spoiled by, oh, oh wow, well, this class has 26 kids in the top 48 or something stupid in the past, right? And I'm exaggerating, but you get my point of how many top 50, top 100 kids they've brought in. This is still an elite, elite, elite prospect. I'm very excited about the pickup for the Buckeyes. Yeah, we. Um, I'm excited about it, too. And we have a question here I want to get to. I was going to wait for questions because we got a lot to get into. But this kind of leads into something I was going to talk about anyway. Not necessarily Richard Young, but Richard Young could be the one. I think they should get two running backs in this class as long as they told Mark Fletcher that's what they're doing. They told him they're, they're only going to get one running back. They need to stick with that. But this will obviously be Travion Henderson. No, it won't be. He's got two years left. What am I talking about? Travion Henderson has two years left. But still, I would still like to get two running backs in this class. It's not a necessarily a big need. They have Dallas Hayden coming in, who I think is pretty underrated backs. The young man out of Memphis is going to be a true freshman this year. They still have Mayan Williams. So 
maybe they don't need two running backs. Your thoughts on that? You think they're still going to press for Richard Young and try and get a second back in this 2023 class? You think this will be it? I think they're going for two. I don't see any way you can't. Because these guys are going to come and you still have Travion Henderson, right? You have Evan Pryor, who made all the right comments about not getting to play early, right? I hope that that sticks, because that's a kid I'd like to see get on the field sooner rather than later. He's got a ton of ability. Uh, you also have Hayden. Hayden's a good young player. He's another guy who's going to be fighting to get on the field. And then you've got Mayan Williams, who's not exactly an old player. I think you're going to end up seeing somebody in that group potentially try to find more playing time somewhere else. And that means you need to get to this cycle. I also think it's a little bit of a luxury to do it, but I think OSU needs to do it. So I wouldn't be shocked one bit if there was two. Now, you know, you may hear stories about how this is the only running back in the class for OSU, and if that's the case, then that's great too. These coaches have more than earned our trust on anything related to recruiting, particularly on the offensive side of the football. But I do think they're going to go for two in this group because you've only got four right now. And I, I think that's just – I think that's where this is going is that you have to always assume there's going to be a transfer. So you always kind of – when in doubt, you go one more. No doubt about it. I, You know, especially at that position. I mean, they've been fortunate overall, but you can lose, you know, players quickly at the running back position. Um, yeah, we just – and we have a question here. We just pretty much answered it from Michael. I actually like the stable of running backs. I mean, I love it. I, I love it. It's not just Travion Henderson, who's, you know, one of the top two running backs in the country, along with Bijan Robinson, in whatever order. I really like Mayan Williams. You know, I, I like what I'm seeing out of Evan Pryor this spring. I like Dallas Hayden coming in, like I said. Um, Marcus Crowley's still on the team. He, he's now had two torn ACLs. We don't know how effective he'll be. But, um, yeah, I think um, I, I do like the stable. It, it would be a luxury to get a second running back in this class. That's what Bax and I are saying. I agree with Bax. It would be nice to get a second one. It's not necessarily a need. It would be a, a luxury. But we like luxurious things with our Ohio State Buckeyes. So, no problem with that. All right. The other one is as excited as I was about that. I didn't think it could get any better yesterday. Then Steve Wiltfong decides to come by and drop Fong, a Fong bomb on us. Steve Wilfong, you know, he even ha he's he's been promoted again from director of recruiting. He's now he's now a suit and he's still dropping Fong bombs on us. The number one overall recruit in the country in the 2024 class, quarterback Dylan Rayola, son of former uh, Nebraska and longtime NFL center Dominic Rayola. Again, the number one overall player in the country in the 2024 class, and he's a quarterback. Imagine a quarterback wanting to come here and play at Ohio State, right? Um, Shocker. Young man out of Chandler, Arizona. They've been recruiting the heck out of Arizona. Already, you know, he's a sophomore in high school right now. Already six foot three, 225 pounds. Um, you got to think he's going to get even taller than that. I love this. Steve Wilfong would not have put in a crystal ball for Ohio State unless he was extremely confident and was hearing it from, you know, impeccable sources. It's still early, so things can change, but um, – that's huge news right there. Not just the number one quarterback in the country, the number one overall prospect in the country, Dylan Rayola. You know, every year Ohio State, as long as Ryan Day is there, is going to land a top-tier quarterback. I, honestly, look at what things that he's done. It's like C.J. Stroud was almost the afterthought of that class until the last minute, right? And I'll, now look at him. He's the number one potential pick in the draft this year. Look at last year with Devin Brown. We're like, oh, man. Oh, that's too bad. We lost a quarterback to transfer. We thought Quinn Ewers was going to be the guy. Hey, let's get a top 50 national player and one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Just kind of almost last minute, it felt like. So 
Ohio State landing an elite quarterback in every class is not a surprise to me whatsoever. And Rayola, you know what they always say about the center? He's got to be the smartest guy on the offensive line. So this is a young man who's learned a lot from his father, who was an excellent professional football player. OSU is going to have a great quarterback in that class, and I am very excited about it potentially being the number one overall guy. But whoever Ryan Day decides is his guy is the guy that I want because at this point there's nobody in the country who has a better argument for quarterback development and identification at younger ages than Ryan Day at this point with his streak of first-round draft picks that he's on right now, with his abilities that he's shown in terms of quarterback development. The, the reality is whoever Ryan Day wants, I'm in on. And if he wants, if he wants young Rayola, then let's take him. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't think there's, they'll probably get a quarterback, I'm sure, in the 2023 class, but it's not like a pressing need because when you have, now I know everybody probably thinks, you know, whoever loses the battle between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown leaving spring next year um, is going to transfer, but whoever wins that job is going to be a stud. Whoever wins that job going into 2023, because I'm high on both those guys, and maybe Ryan Day can get them to stick around. They're definitely going to need to land a 2023 quarterback, but um, the starter, let's say it's Devin Brown. Let's say Devin Brown, who I think has the higher ceiling of the two, and I'm very high on Kyle McCord. Let's say he wins the job. You're going to have him for another two years. It was highly important to get a 2024 quarterback, an excellent one. Again, it's not official yet, but when Steve Wilfong puts that crystal ball in, so that it's huge. So I still think they need to get a quarterback in 2023, and they will, but 2024 was the important year. Yeah, you have to get a headliner every other year. But the reality is, if you look at the quarterbacks that Ohio State's brought in the last five years, they're all, by historical standards at OSU, headliners. The worst quarterback recruit we had in that whole time period was Jack Miller, which in the Trestle era, we would have fallen all over ourselves with glee for. So let's be realistic where we're at. Ohio State is the creme de la creme of recruiting. The biggest issue we're going to run into with quarterback recruiting is that the kids who don't win the starting jobs are probably going to bounce and go somewhere else because they know they can play virtually everywhere else. That's what the reality is. Uh, if Devin Brown beats out Kyle McCord next spring, a younger guy, McCord is so long gone. Up at probably like a Penn State or something. And that would be no. The, the simple answer is you have to take a QB every class and you have to assume you're trying to get a good QB every class because Every one of these guys that they're bringing in right now, you have to assume is going to perform at a high level. We're talking Dwayne Haskins. We're talking Justin Fields. We're talking C.J. Stroud. The chain is very clear here right now at OSU at the quarterback position. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. They went from, as we, you know, we were talking about when we were honoring Dwayne on uh, Monday's show, how they went from 1982 to all the way till 2019 – between first-round quarterbacks from Ohio State. And that was 82 is Arch Leister to the Baltimore Colts. They hadn't even moved to Indy yet. Um, didn't really work out too well with Arch Leister. But, um, you know, and then now Ryan Day's turned it into a first-round quarterback factory with Dwayne, who completely revolutionized the Ohio State offense along with Coach Day. Then Justin Fields, the domino effect, too. Without Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields doesn't come to Ohio State. C.J. Stroud doesn't come to Ohio State. He'll be the, the next in line. And I think whoever wins the battle between McCord um, and Brown will be the next Ohio State quarterback to be at uh, first-round pick. And whichever one of those guys transfers, assuming one of them does, will probably be a first-round pick too. Joe Burrow was a first-round pick, number one overall pick. It is insane. I know Joe Burrow was a you know Urban Meyer guy, as was Dwayne Haskins. Um, but um, 
you know, we have a question here. I think this is interesting. Have I ever seen Ryan Day's son play? I have not seen RJ play, but I have heard he's really, really good. Shocking, right, that Ryan Day's son is really good at football. I think he's entering his – he'll be a freshman next year, next school year in the Olentangy District. And I've heard, you know, while he might not be, who knows, a five-star recruit down the line, but that he's a – he'll be a very, very good high school quarterback. So that's going to be fun. And another cool thing about it, if you're a Buckeye fan, you might be worried about Ryan Day – Looking to the NFL, I'm hearing, A, they love Columbus, and they, he loves being the head coach at Ohio State. Him and his family love Columbus, and they ain't going anywhere while RJ's still in high school. He's got a, a solid group of friends, and um, they're not going anywhere in, until he's at least done with high school, and I think probably well after that as well. All right, now let's talk some spring game backs. I want to get into this. Um, so I'm curious to get your um, take. We're just three days away from the spring game. Um from my experiences, you know, Ryan Day is even more, um, you know, a little more hesitant to tackle in spring games than even most coaches. And maybe that's just the sign of the times. It used to be, you know, they'd go full-fledged and it'd be great. It'd be like a real game. I don't think we're going to see tackling. Obviously, the quarterbacks won't be live. I hope we see – I hope I'm wrong, man. I hope we see some tackling. We'll get into maybe some players that we're looking forward to, but just get into, you know, what do you what do you think the setup's going to be? By the way, out there for the listeners, we're going to meet with Ryan Day tomorrow um, – you know, probably about around 11 o'clock, and he's going to tell us, you know, kind of the setup. So we're just spitballing right now. But what do you think, Bax, will be the setup for the spring game? Uh, Full-on tackling, uh, real game. Uh, you know, they're going to do draft. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. No chance in hell. This is not going to be like 2004, whenever, like, Jim Trestle let the seniors draft the team. And that then he got great. a player. That was, that was amazing great. because – that was the one political miscalculation of Trestle's career before the end, which was that he let his seniors openly pick the roster without rigging it, and the first quarterback picked was the, not the guy he wanted to start. So <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, well, oh it happened before that because he used to let the media cover it. There was one time we were there, and like they're up there, and everybody's like, Justin Zwick's the next coming, and the seniors picked – whoever had the first pick of the draft picked Troy Smith, and, they were all yeah. like, and the media were like – because game knows game. When all yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't even. And if memory, if memory is correct here, I believe the other side of the room groaned. <laughs> you know, when, when yeah. They took yeah. And by the way, the, it, the the other the other players are not in the room, so it's not like the young guys that are getting drafted, like Troy Smith and, and Justin Zwick, were in the room. This is how long I've been on the beat, man. I remember this. It was so much fun that Trussell doing that. So that was what I remember was not only was Troy Smith the first pick, <laughs> but the other side of the room was like, damn, we wanted him. It was like, whoa, yeah. the entire team thinks Troy Smith is better than Justin Zwick. So anyway. I vividly remember that as a student. I was a student yeah. at OSU at the time. And <laughs> I, 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 I vividly remember, like I wasn't in the room, but there was probably 20 articles the next day across the dispatch. And I didn't even know about Bucknuts yet. Like the Lantern had it and, Everybody was like, I, I forget, one of the seniors was from Glenville was the one who made the pick originally. And everybody's like, they were trying to spin it as, oh, you know, they went to high school together. And I'm like, it's not a good sign for Justin Swick. We've been hearing two years about Jay-Z the next coming. And now it's Troy Smith is the number one pick in the draft. So back to getting this back on the rails, though, I don't think anything like that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a totally controlled scrimmage. I think if there's a breathing of any air on a quarterback by a defender, the whistle's going to blow. It's going to be two-hand touch. I, I think we're, we, if we see any more than five or six running plays, I will be shocked. It certainly won't be Trevion Henderson doing the running. Uh, it's going to be two-hand touch. We're going to see a lot of passing. And I think the reality is it's going to be a very milk toast kind of day. 
where it's like, yay, here are the Buckeyes. Nobody get hurt on the last practice before the offseason. Yeah. Um, another thing I'm really curious about, like, as far as the spring game, uh, and we'll get to the players that we're, like, you know, looking forward to seeing the most, but, um, like, Devin Brown and Kyle McCord, that's going to be a fun to see the, the two backups go at it. Because I think we, we, we have a pretty good idea who the starter is going to be at quarterback this year. Um, but that seeing those you know, backups battle it out is always going to be fun. Let me ask you this about defense, because that's the story of spring, obviously, is a revamped defense. How much is Jim Knowles going to show, you think? Uh, I would say a, a big block O. Nothing. Like, it's going to be a very – I think it's going to be a very boring lineup. He's not going to have some sw- – maybe the very first play they'll have a swarming front to get everybody all excited in the horseshoe and – no, uh, no down linemen. People will be totally confused. <laughs> but after that, no. <laughs> I think they're just going to do a very basic lineup. I think it's just going to be make sure they can line up in the right spots. There's not going to be any pre-snap disguising to me. And in the spring game, nobody blitzes. They don't want the quarterback to get hit. I think that it's going to be – I hope I'm wrong because it would be a hell of a lot of fun for us to talk about. Like I'm always wanting to see more, but – I think the realistic answer here is is that we're going to see a pretty basic, straightforward defense where they're trying to make sure that their three-high look is being able to line up correctly and identify their coverages, yada, yada, yada. And we're going to come out of here with another glorified pitch-and-catch session. Yeah, as long as nobody gets hurt, I'm okay with that. I get it. I mean, you don't want to take chances. I mean, trust me, if like a uh, uh, as we all know, if a frontline starter got hurt in the spring game because they were going live, everybody and their mother would be going, "What the hell is Ryan Day doing?" Yeah, it'd be irresponsible. Spring game, didn't you know what's he do now? This guy's not going to be a play for against Notre Dame and maybe not against Michigan. And what the hell is he doing? So better safe than sorry. Although I, there's such a fine line, man. I mean, you're not going to be a good tackling team if you don't actually practice tackling at some point. You have to actually practice the craft to get great at it. I remember. I remember Chris Ash talking about it. They were tackling the day before the national championship game against Oregon. Now, rugby-style tackling, they're not trying to, like, smash into each other, but they were working on bringing guys to the ground in practice the day before the national championship game. Not a lot. They probably did it for a period or two. We're talking five, ten minutes of it, but they actually worked on bringing guys to the ground the day before the national championship game. That 2014 Ohio State team had the least amount of missed tackles in the country that year. All right. So I agree with uh, you, Dave, yeah. though. You're right. You're right. But the kicker is that was the day before the biggest game of the year. We have, what, five months till we play a game of any meaning. I just, I don't, I don't see them risking it, especially having tackled during the spring. You know, I, I agree with you on that. It's I just, I've heard that even Jim Knowles, I asked him, he doesn't feel like even during the season that you need to like tackle during the, you know, and, and times have changed. I get that. But like, Chris Ash wasn't teaching like head across the bow. He was teaching rugby style tackling, the wrap and roll. Um, yep. And that's a safe, you know, you never know. Even rugby style tackling, you're still bringing a guy to the ground. It's a violent sport. You still get knee in the head. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's I mean, still a thing. <laughs> well, right. You're still, it's not like they're out there playing like two hand touch. You're out there. I mean, you can this isn't patty kick. Touch. This is football. <laughs> that's exactly right. So uh, I don't want to minimize it. But again, I think. There's different ways to look at it. I want to be clear. I love Jim Knowles. I think it was a home run hire. All right, one more thing to finish the show here. All right, guys we're looking forward to seeing, you know, Devin Brown, Kyle McCord. I, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Jordan Hancock, who's a player on the rise, Joe Royer, C.J. Hicks. These guys who either didn't play at all last year like C.J. Hicks. You know, I think Caden Curry's had a nice spring. You know, Cam Martinez. 
or guys that barely played last year. You know, you know, I think, you know, there's certain guys that fit into that category. Like Jordan Hancock is going to be a huge part of this defense. If he's not a starter, he'll be the number three corner for sure. Who are some uh, young bucks you're looking forward to seeing on Saturday at the spring game backs? Honestly, Hancock was the first name that was going to come out of my mouth, but you kind of stole that one. I think the reality is you're going to see all of these defensive backs that we, we, this is going to be a pitch and catch game, right? So I think last year we were all excited to see Ryan Watts, right? And then he looked really good in the spring game. And unfortunately he transferred to Texas, but you know, the reality is we want to see these, these young guys who are going to be in the past defense side, because that's what we're going to get to see for real. Like if this was a real game, I'd be talking about the young like defensive linemen, right? Like I would love to see more of Tyleek Williams blowing people up. I'd love to see guys like Mike Hall. I'd love to see some of these other younger guys, Sawyers and the JTTs of the world. But I don't think there's going to be a ton, ton from that. We might get some, some two-hand touch pass rushes on the quarterbacks and all that fun stuff. But the guys that we're going to see stuff from to me are going to be the guys who are catching the ball and the guys who are defending the pass. And that's just my guess based on the way the game is going to go. So, yeah, I want to see, is Joe Royer actually doing something? It's the first half of spring practice. We were very worried. And all of a sudden, it seemed like he took a leap, which is a great sign. I want to see Ja'Kalen Johnson. Uh, I, I want to see uh, I want to see Tanner Allister. Like, uh, this is the guy who we brought in as a transfer to help make sure everybody's lined up from Oklahoma State. Let's see how McAllister looks. I want to see him out there. I, I, but I definitely want to see Hancock because I think he's going to be a big part of the defense this year. And while we're at it, uh, I want to know who your pick is for the Bam Children's Memorial Award for the uh, spring game leading receiver this year. My guess is Julian Fleming is going to be my pick. I think Fleming's going to have an enormous game. You're going with the number four receiver on the team. I'll go one spot lower. I'll go with the number five receiver, and I'll go with Jaden Ballard. Now, some might think Cam Babb's going to be the number five receiver. I, I'm rooting for Cam Babb as hard as anybody. Um, but, man, I, I, he's he's banged up again. Thank God it's not another torn ACL. I think he's had yeah, right. four torn ACLs and other injuries. So I'm in the I'll believe it when I see it, but I'm rooting like heck for Cam Babb. But I will go with Jaden Ballard to win the Bam Childress Torian Washington spring game player of the year. Um, we'll see though. I think Devin Brown or Kyle McCord could be in that discussion, but it's usually it's, it's gotta be a wide receiver, though. It can't be it's always a receiver, it has man. To be a wide receiver, man. Somebody's gonna have two hundred receiving yards and like thirteen catches in this game. Ballard's a great pick too, because I could see him playing the whole time where if Fleming has a couple catches early, they'll pull him. So Ballard's a good pick, too. I like that one. <laughs> People might be wondering, well, what about Marvin Harrison Jr. and, and Emeka Egbuka? Well, they're going to get the uh, five-star treatment. They're going to get the uh, – we're going to get you guys a couple of catches, let you show off a little bit, play the first half, and then uh, get you on the, the sidelines because you guys – They're are on what I like to call towel duty, Dave. They're on what? Towel duty. Towel? They come out in shorts in the second half and wave a towel over their head oh, to get the crowd excited. Towel. Yeah, they're on towel I duty. I thought you were putting my guys on, on like, on making them towel boys. I'm like, you're not making six foot four Marvin Harrison. I keep talking. Six foot about four that. Marvin Harrison's getting a shower at halftime, and he's going to stand on the sidelines chatting with people like CJ Stroud, who are also not playing by then. If Marvin Harrison, <laughs> if Marvin Harrison's waving a white towel, that's going to be very high in the air because, as we all know, he's six foot four and not six foot three, like it incorrectly says on the roster. And I've been, I'm a man on a mission. We're going to get Marvin Harrison listed at six foot four, as he should be on Ohio State's official roster. So I wanted to finish the show with that very important piece of news. Thanks to Bax uh, for joining me on today's show. Thank you to all of our viewers and listeners. We appreciate you guys very much. Uh, if you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. Uh, really appreciate you guys for tuning in, as always. 
I hope everyone has a great day. For drag queens to save the world. world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.